tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Today is Thursday, May 30th. We're talking about the special counsel's first public comments about the president in two years and what could happen next. Plus, what to know about the NBA finals, Amazon's newest device, and the reason Uber says you could be kicked off the app. Then hang out after the news for Thing to Know Thursday's bonus interview explaining how 5G will impact you. Welcome, welcome to the Newsworthy. All the day's news in less than 10 minutes. Fast, fair, fun, and on the go. I'm Erica Mandy. Thanks so much for being here. You ready? Let's do this. For the first time since the start of the Russia investigation, the person who led the probe actually talked about it in public. Special counsel Robert Mueller made his first public comments in two years in a nine-minute press conference yesterday. It was nothing really new, but it mattered what Mueller chose to highlight. For one, Mueller stressed that the investigation did not exonerate President Trump, despite what the president has said. Mueller said, quote, if we had confidence that the president clearly did not commit a crime, we would have said so. Mueller also talked about the policy not to charge a sitting president with a crime. He said that he never considered charging the president because the Constitution does not allow it, that rather it's up to Congress to decide if and how to hold presidents accountable for wrongdoing, likely hinting to the fact that Congress can decide whether or not to impeach and convict presidents. Mueller also announced he's resigning and plans to return to a private life. He also made it clear he does not want to testify in front of Congress about all of this, and if he does have to, he'll only say what's already in his final report. President Trump's response to this whole thing? Quote, the case is closed. And The Hill reports other Republicans agree, saying it's time to move on. Some Democrats, on the other hand, see Mueller's comments as a call for Congress to do more to hold the president accountable, including considering impeachment. For now, NBC News reports House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says all options are still on the table, but no decisions yet. Stay tuned. We are now less than a month away from the first presidential primary debate. And because there's a long list of more than 20 candidates hoping to get the nomination and run against President Trump in 2020, the Democratic Party is making some new rules. Politico reports the Democratic National Committee rolled out stricter thresholds for candidates to take part in those debates, doubling the requirements to stay in the race at least later this year. It'll still be crowded in the first two debates in June and July, but by the third debate in September, the DNC says only those who reach at least 2% in four approved polls and get a higher number of donors will be allowed to participate. The DNC is under pressure to narrow the candidates down, but critics say it's not inclusive enough. So far, a handful of candidates have already met those new requirements. For the first time in Israel's history, the country has to hold its second national election in a year, as in a redo. Last month, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu declared victory in Israel's election. From there, Netanyahu had six weeks to form a government, but he failed. ABC News reports bickering among his allies and disagreements over proposed bills stopped Netanyahu from bringing together enough party leaders to form a government. So the BBC reports Israeli lawmakers voted to dissolve parliament and start over. Now there will be a new election in September. Netanyahu has already dealt with some legal troubles the first time around, so we'll see if he can pull off a win the second time. 
Well, back in the U.S., Mother Nature may finally be letting up. Forecasters say the weather that caused record-setting severe storms across the country could take a break later this week. But first, some areas do have to get through today. AccuWeather reports western and central Texas are still at risk for severe weather. But by Friday, the Weather Channel says severe thunderstorms are not in the picture, making it the first day since April 16th that no areas in the U.S. are at risk. Even though the stormy weather is starting to calm down, flooding is still a problem in places like Arkansas and Oklahoma. Jeopardy! host Alex Trebek says his cancer treatment is working. He told People magazine his doctors say he's near remission. Remember, Trebek announced in an online video that he was diagnosed with stage 4 pancreatic cancer, and he planned to keep working through the treatment. The survival rate, though, is only 9%. Well, now Trebek says doctors are impressed by his progress and that some of his tumors are shrinking quite a bit. Trebek still has several more rounds of chemo to go, but he credits his progress to his supportive fans. All right, we have much more news ahead, but first, a quick break to thank this week's sponsor, Audible. Audible provides access to a variety of books you can listen to on the go, from bestsellers to self-improvement to memoirs, and the list goes on. And members get more than ever before. Audible members choose three titles every month and also get free access to even more, like 100 audio-guided fitness and meditation programs. And I love that Audible's convenient app lets you listen at the gym or while commuting or traveling anywhere, anytime. When I first started a business, I could be more productive listening to business books in the car. And the latest I just started now is Atomic Habits by James Clear. And keep in mind, once you get a book on Audible, you own it forever, and your credits can roll over for a year. So start listening with a 30-day Audible trial, and your first audiobook plus two Audible originals are all free. Just visit audible.com slash newsworthy, or text newsworthy to 500-500. That's audible.com slash newsworthy. A-U-D-I-B-L-E, audible.com slash newsworthy, or text newsworthy to 500-500. Now back to the news. The NBA Finals start tonight with a historic game. The Toronto Raptors will play defending NBA champs, the Golden State Warriors. The game will be played in Canada, making it the first time the final games are played outside of the U.S., The Golden State is looking for its third championship win in a row and its fourth title in five seasons. Well, this is the Raptors' first time in the NBA Finals. As for star forward Kevin Durant, who was injured, CBS Sports reports he will not be playing in Game 1 tonight. However, he is in Toronto with the team, which could mean he'll still play in Game 2. You can catch tonight's game on ABC at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can now ask Amazon's Alexa to forget what you said. Engadget says all you have to do is say something like, Alexa, delete everything I said today, and it will wipe out all of the voice recordings from that day. Amazon has been criticized for storing what you've asked the device. CNBC says to use the new feature, just enable it in your Alexa privacy settings. Also, Amazon just announced a new smart display called the Echo Show 5. It's a 5-inch screen, camera, and speaker all in one, mostly meant to sit next to your bed or on a desk. The Verge says it will cost about 90 bucks, making it one of the least expensive smart speakers with a display. You can pre-order it now. Uber is telling riders to behave or risk getting kicked off the app for good. The Verge says if users get a below-average rating, they could be deactivated from the app, meaning you can't use Uber anymore at all. But Uber says riders will get several chances to improve their ratings before they lose that access, and will even give users tips on how to be a better passenger. TechCrunch says this is all part of Uber's new community guidelines and a way to hold riders accountable for their behavior. 
just like it does with drivers. Still, the company says it probably will not impact that many riders. Google says it will no longer allow apps in its app store that sell or deliver marijuana. Engadget says apps that sell marijuana are mostly used in states where medical or recreational marijuana is considered legal, but that doesn't make much of a difference to Google. It's still not allowed in the store. But Google told the news source Android Police that there is a bit of a workaround here. The apps just need to move the shopping cart outside of the app itself, and if they do that, they're good to go. Google has done something similar with tobacco sales as it works to make the Google Play App Store more kid-friendly. There are now big plans to bring the faster 5G wireless network to your future flights. VentureBeat reports in-flight internet provider GoGo, which already provides Wi-Fi connections in the sky, is working on this now. And the goal is to keep the cost low and improve the response time of internet in the air. GoGo hopes to add the faster service to commercial flights by 2021. And if you're still a little confused about 5G, you are not alone. Stay right there. We're talking all about it right now in today's Thing to Know Thursday interview. And that's it for the main news today. But as I mentioned, it's now time for Thing to Know Thursday, where a different expert explains a different thing to know only on Thursdays after the news. This week, we're talking all about 5G, what it is, what it means for your future internet use, and what it will take to make it available across the country. My guest today has been recognized as a telecom industry leader and innovator. He's the CEO and co-founder of OpenSignal, which independently measures real-world mobile experiences. OpenSignal's analytics and insights are used across the mobile industry. So here's my conversation with Brendan Gill. Thanks for having me. So I want to start with a, a few of the basics. What is 5G? How do you like to explain it to people and how it compares to what we usually use now? Sure. So... So 5G stands for uh, the fifth generation. In effect, it's just the latest and greatest um, technology that will be replacing the previous technology um, for for mobile connectivity. The primary benefits that are are promised or or at least talked about cover a, a few different things. One is around faster speeds. Just like 4G before it, 5G is set to raise those speeds even further potentially somewhere in the region of 10 to 100 times faster speeds than the the mobile connectivity that typical consumers have today. And before you go on, let's just, can you give us an example of, of what that looks like when we're looking at data? Yeah, I think that's a good question. It's one of the key questions around 5G is what what is that extra speed actually going to translate to in terms of a better experience? With 4G, the previous generation, it was quite clear the increase in speeds brought us things like the ability to do video conferencing or FaceTime, which was not really possible um, before 4G came along. Um, browsing social media was probably going to be quite painful before 4G came along, and 4G kind of solved that. With 5G, it's not quite as clear-cut in terms of what we'll be able to do that we weren't able to do beforehand because we can already browse social media, we can already watch videos, we can typically watch high-definition video on mobile networks today. Now, people talk about a few different areas. People talk about augmented reality and virtual reality. So potentially, you know, the, the future generations of Pokemon Go, for example, might require even more bandwidth and even more capabilities, and, and maybe 5G will enable that. But exactly what that looks like is still being figured out at the moment. Potentially connected cars. So the more and more our cars are being 
connected and additional intelligence is being powered through to our vehicles, that might require higher bandwidth networks. But again, it's not totally clear cut exactly what new features we'll get that we can't currently get as our cars are getting smarter all the time. If you're downloading a large file in a simple sense, so whether that's you know, downloading a video to maybe make it available offline before you're about to take a flight or something like that, which a lot of people like to do, then, you know, instead of that taking five minutes or so on a 4G network, it might take a matter of seconds on a 5G network. So, you know, how much of an improvement to your life that's going to be um, is an open question, but that you'll, you'll certainly notice the faster speeds when it comes to that. And the same is true if, you know, if you're browsing email and downloading a really large attachment or if you're downloading a new app, then again, you'll really shave off the time that that, that takes to happen. So it will kind of cut a few corners in your life and make a few things more um, effective. But, um, you know, I think that the revolutionary impacts that are talked about, I think we're still figuring out exactly what those are going to be. And I know I cut you off a little bit. Is there anything else that you wanted to address about the difference between 5G and 4G? Yeah, there's a couple of other things regularly um, talked about. So one other one is relates to something called latency. And you can think of latency as how responsive your connectivity is. So how quickly from when you ask your mobile device to do something that it you start getting a response and you start seeing progress. So if you're browsing the web, you know, from when you enter a, a URL, how quickly you start to see that loading is really what, what the latency impacts. And 5G is set to really reduce the latency and make things much more responsive than they currently are on 4G. And so the kind of use cases that are talked about about why this is super important are one of the common ones that gets talked about is actually doing remote surgery. So that is what it sounds like. And we're talking about actually having doctors or surgeons perform a surgery on someone who's not in the same room as them, potentially not in the same city, potentially not even in the same country, potentially free up the availability of surgeons and allow people to act remotely. But obviously, if someone's going to be diving into your body at a distance, you're going to want to make sure that what they're seeing on their side is exactly the real-time picture. And that's why low latency becomes super, super important. The sort of final benefit that's often talked about, there is a kind of limitation of current networks just in terms of the number of devices. Networks are currently just about able to, to manage the massive increase in the number of devices we have from mobile devices, from our mobile phones, but all the way to tablets and increasingly more and more connected devices from watches to fitness trackers and so on and so forth. And going forward, that is only expected to increase. And one of the, the final benefits of 5G is an increased ability to deal with this complete spectrum of new and more exotic devices. And speaking of devices, I know that's one of the challenges with 5G is that people really don't have 5G capable devices right now. Can you talk a little bit about that and any other challenges you're seeing right now? Yeah, I mean, I think in terms of how we get to 5G, there's, there's a number of steps that have to happen. So number one, the, the networks themselves, the, the mobile carriers have to roll out these 5G networks. And that takes a lot of money and investment. It also, also takes a lot of time in order to, to actually equip the, the actual cellular towers with new capabilities. 
But then consumers also need to get a device that's going to be um, compatible with 5G. Everyone's current devices are not going to be able to take advantage of 5G. Um, and the new, the, the, the first 5G mobile handsets are just hitting the market. Things like Samsung's S10 is just coming out in the US as we speak. Um, you've got to wait for coverage to hit your area. You've got to buy an expensive new device. And there might be a few quirks in the first few times you try and use 5G. So there are quite a few barriers that we've got to get over first before 5G becomes something that we might call ubiquitous. What do you expect, your best guess, about the, the timeline for this to really roll out to where most of the country is able to use it? The carriers themselves are putting out very optimistic statements and suggesting that large-scale rollouts will happen relatively quickly. So we're talking about within the next sort of 18 months or so, a lot of, you know, I think a number of the carriers are saying they'll have pretty wide-scale rollouts of the technology. Whether that will actually happen, I think, will will be determined by how quick the uptake is, um, how good the experience is. Ultimately, if it's not a great experience for people, that might slow things down a bit. But the other thing to note is there's there's going to be different flavors of 5G. There's different kinds of 5G just to confuse things a little bit further. Um, and it might mean that some of the really transformative benefits of 5G might take a little bit longer to come, even if we have a form of 5G that's rolled out across the US nationwide over a shorter time period. And you can learn more about our guests today or read more about 5G in today's show notes. That's also where you'll find links to all the stories we talked about in this episode. Just go to thenewsworthy.com, click episodes, and look for today's date. Thank you so much for listening today and for sharing this episode if you got value out of it. And as always, The Newsworthy is here for you by four in the morning every weekday. We'll chat again tomorrow. Have a great day. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.